Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Leading Edge Love Radio. This is your host, Suma T. Sparks, the open relationship coach. Have you ever wondered how well suited you are for ethical non-monogamy? Well, you can find out by taking my quiz, and you can find the quiz right on the homepage of my website at sumatsparks.com. And when you request the quiz, you'll be automatically added to my mailing list, and you'll be the first to learn about my virtual events and to receive occasional helpful tidbits of advice and information on how to add more love, passion, and joy into your life. So today, I'm so excited to have as my guest, Madeline, I have the last name, Guinazzo, Madeline Guinazzo. (laughs) Hello, Madeline Guinazzo is an expert. (laughs) Madeline is an expert on communication, consent, and boundaries. She trains and certifies workshop facilitators worldwide and is on the board of directors for Cuddle Party, Inc. She's also the co-founder of Cuddlist.com and the creator of training for the only cuddle therapy program based on personal empowerment for both practitioners and clients. Welcome to the show, Madeline. It's a delight to be here, Simati. Thank you. So glad to have you. I think this is very timely yeah. because we're so so many of us are touch deprived after two years of the pandemic, and you know I just love uh, what you stand for with all of your work. So um, I'm really curious, like, how did you end up being, you know, so involved in cuddling? <laughs> it's not exactly some, something that right. You know, you grow up saying I want to be a cuddler. <laughs> My career counselor did not offer that option. Exactly. <laughs> um, it's a it's a wonderful story, and sometimes I ask myself, yeah, how did I get here? Um, <laughs> and I, I love what you said in your opening about a life of love, passion, and joy. I guess I just want to kind of start there because that really struck me. Isn't that what we all want mm-hmm. is to, to, to feel alive that way and connected and to enjoy life that way? And I, I do. I feel like I've gotten there, but oh, my goodness. I look back. Um, well, I'll start with when I discovered Cuddle Party. Um, I was happily married. I was living in Chicago in my mid-30s. I had two young children. And I, in hindsight, I, w- I was struggling, and now I was struggling with codependency. But I didn't have a word for it then. What It, mm-hmm. it felt so normal. I was like, isn't everybody like this? Isn't, isn't this how, <laughs> you know, <laughs> most of my training around relationships would be considerate and figure out what other people want and everything will go well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I couldn't wrap my head about it. And I started reading uh, about boundaries. And, you know, and I was reading about it, and I didn't know how to move forward in the way of actually doing it that would improve my life and relationships. It was kind of a foreign concept to me, frankly. Um, and in one of these books, I read about a workshop called Cuddle Party. And this was like 2008. And I just had this sort of intuitive hit. Like, I don't know what this thing is. Um, <laughs> I got online, and it didn't really help me. <laughs> the Internet was new at that point. But I, mm-hmm. I was like, I- I'm going to go. I just had this feeling like I'm going to go. And I drove a couple hours to go. And, you know, in hindsight now, I say that I think a lot of people, they hear cuddle party and they imagine like you know just like a mass of people bodies all together um but it it, it's it's, so it's something i guess that is really hard to conceptualize what is this thing until or unless you go and i think that's that's still true but what happened was i i just went with an open mind 
and a sense of like, I don't know what this is, but I'm going to discover it. And what I discovered was um, what I'm going to call like a boundaries gym. It was a place where I could, I could work out. I could, I could experiment and try and practice boundaries in a very explicitly platonic container that is designed for secure attachment. It has very explicit social agreements. Um, and it was fun. It was playful. It was fun. It was also challenging. And I got stronger. And mm-hmm. um, I discovered, I was just going to say in a nutshell, for me, like the boundaries were the key to learning how to curate my life. Mm. To curate it and to create this structure, imagine a container, maybe like like a swimming pool holds all the water so that we can swim in it. Like I could pour mm. all the yummy stuff into it, and it and it it held it, and um, I and it keeps the icky stuff out, you know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And uh, so so today I'm I'm really living the life of my dreams as a result of that. Like uh-huh. you know, my biggest challenge now is saying no to better and better things. <laughs> to honor my 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 need for spaciousness and right. yeah, that's a good problem to have, isn't it? To, too many wonderful mm-hmm. things that you have to say no to lots of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I really, I like, really like how you said. I like how you called it a boundaries gym, and that um, really getting mm-hmm. like exercising your muscles around setting boundaries created that swimming pool so that you could curate your life inside of it. So that it's like I'm hearing you say that, and I think that boundaries are kind of everything. I agree. And I think, you know, for your audience specifically, like around open bounds, you know, open relationships, this is, this is the, the key to designing your own adventure. Uh-huh. Right? Life is, you know, if we have, we've given, we're given free will and in a first but, you know, in the country that we have, there's varying degrees of autonomy. Um, but there's a lot of ability um, to, to choose, to make choices. But we don't live in a culture that really encourages us to do that. And Cuddle uh-huh. Party is a place that says, yeah, you know, really, what, what do you want? And what are you willing and able to say no to? Uh-huh. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, so when you say, like, designing your own adventure... Um, you had said earlier that you were happily married. Married, so is that in quotes? Like you thought you were happily married, so you learned that you were just mm. figuring out what other people wanted and trying to avoid <laughs> abandonment or whatever. Um, yeah, that's a good question, right? I mean, I, I I was happily married, and there were a lot of wonderful things about my marriage, and now I'm happily not married, um, uh-huh. and. <laughs> I think, you know, relationship is always an adventure. Um, and we start one place and we discover things along, oh, who knew? And and it's about, you know, for me, like, oh, discovering things about myself and um, maybe correcting preconceived notions and being open to that. And, and also accepting other people where they're at. And that was a big thing I got from Cuddle Party, you know, asking mm-hmm for what we want is a lot easier when we're open to a no, Mm -hmm. like really genuinely open to a no. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was something I learned at the Cuddle Party Workshop, right, Mm -hmm. of like, um, you know, our guidelines, which there's like 14 of them, right, 11, and and the basics are um, no one has to do anything. 
ask first and get a verbal yes before mm-hmm. you touch anyone. Mm-hmm. And then if you're a yes, say yes. And if you're a no, say no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you're right, a maybe, true. say no. Right? <laughs> and then you're encouraged to change your mind. So those those few guidelines and rules and ways of relating right there are really um, kind of an intense exercise in, gosh, if I have to ask for what I want, then I kind of need to think about what I want and identify it very specifically and get clear about it. And then um, try it out. You know, if I get a yes, see how it goes and then change my mind. And consent is this sort of current time thing where we're always kind of um, testing. So I guess I'm going to go back to your question about the marriage and relationships, right? They're always kind of um, like that in my experience. I can have my preconceived notions of what I think I want, and then I show up and I try it, or who I think this person is, who I think I am, and then we discover along the way what's actually authentic in the moment. Mm -hmm, Um, And that was the case with my marriage. You know, we both... It, it was great until it wasn't, and then there was a point where, like, wow, we're kind of really, really stretching, and I think we love each other enough to let each other go, right? And uh, and let this look differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so yeah. Um, you know, asking for what you want is is a great idea, but so many people don't even know what they want. So, like, the precursor to that is figuring mm-hmm. out what you want so that you can ask for it. And it sounds like Cuddle Party is a place where people can practice and kind of learn and make mistakes because it's totally yeah. non-sexual, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the agreement, right? Uh-huh. And as a facilitator, we really hold that space and you're collectively in that space. Um, so there's a lot of safety, relative safety, psychological and perceived safety in that that allows us to relax. And one of the beautiful things about Cuddle Party is it has the cerebral aspect of communication combined with the body and the nervous system. Mm. And the more we understand about trauma, right, and and, um, the effects of biochemistry on how we behave, the more, like, we get how radical that is. But so what it is is, you know, we're actually rewiring our brains and we're doing this in a social context. Um, There's a, you know, it's kind of, it's a a mindfulness practice. You know, and mindfulness is rarely considered fun and social, but it is a fun and social mindful practice that also creates um, co-regulation, down-regulation, it creates ease, the parasympathetic nervous system comes online. And so we're we're just learning it and on all of these different levels of how we can relate and feel safe in our bodies with other people. Right. I was just doing some research on um, helping polyamorous people deal with triggers and how the nervous system goes into the fight, flight, or freeze mode. Mm-hmm. And we really are discovering mm-hmm. a lot of new brain science recently around this stuff and, and how um, we need ways to bring ourselves back down when we get into that fight or flight or freeze mode. And so it sounds like you're mm-hmm. saying that this, this practice of cuddling is one of those ways to bring you back to that calm totally. state. Yeah. Very much. How does it do that? How does it affect the nervous system? 
oh, goodness. Well, I was going to say, but they're like, I'm, I'm not a neuroscientist. Um, <laughs> well, I don't and, mean like scientifically. But, like, but, is it just the touch, like the connection with the body? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of things involved, right? And there's, you know, they talk about mirror neurons. So even through eye contact and breathing in sync with somebody, oh. we don't even have to actually touch, right? Oh, okay. We can also attune. We're attuning our nervous systems that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, people who are sensitive um, or empathic or highly sensitive people, you know, when you walk into a room, you can sort of feel a vibe. There's an energy to it. And right. there, it's, it's interesting. Over the years, I've seen many people come to cuddle parties. And they don't actually literally cuddle with people. And and in the beginning, as a facilitator, I, my you know my little worry brain would be like, oh goodness, are they are they are they enjoying themselves? Are they feeling awkward? Is there a problem here? And then time and time again, at the end and at the closing circle, they would say, oh, it was so amazing. Like I just had it was so relaxed, and I had this wonderful experience. And and so I guess that's to say the nervous system, right, syncs up. There is a, a sense of entrainment around that that can happen just by being collectively, just being together. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're hearing each other. So so there's that. And the nervous system, but, but yeah, skin to skin or just even holding hands or leaning up against somebody with your shoulders touching side by side, um, they just change the biochemistry of the body in a short period of time. So the oxytocin is one of those neurotransmitters. It's literally a hormone that mm-hmm. they call it the bonding or the trust hormone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, I think naturally it's at just low, low levels in the brain because of the overstimulating culture that we have collectively created. Our bodies right. were designed for a hunter-gatherer environment, right? And we're living in these high stimulation, lots of information overload, lots of um, sensory input going on all the time. Um, and so those oxytocin levels can get depleted. And touch just raises, elevates that level in the blood. And we kind of refer to it as a little bit like an oxytocin high. It creates this euphoric sort of sense of... Yeah. I definitely feel that. Yeah. yeah. I, I totally feel that oxytocin high when I've been laying around cuddling with either in a party or just with friends. Um, you know that you've hit yeah. it and you all start giggling at something really dumb. You know, you just, you just all start <laughs> laughing and we're like, okay, we got the oxytocin high going. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> and that laughter is so, yeah, it's healthy and it's fun and it's creative. So it's, you're talking about communication and couples, right? We're all going to hit those speed bumps where it's like, ugh, ouch, or the activation that you talked about. Just knowing that, that when we're activated, the mindfulness of noticing like, oh, my heart rate's going up. Oh, the volume of my voice is going up a little bit right now. Oh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm responding to this in a way that, that, May, may be counterproductive to mm-hmm. to the goal we have, right, of trying to understand each other. Mm-hmm. And even just like, honey, maybe could we hold hands while we continue this conversation? Mm-hmm. Oh, good. That's or, good. you know, having that direct eye contact or a way, mm-hmm. even maybe could we just touch feet? If, if it's, there's too much tension for holding hands, could we just, you know, put our knees together under the mm-hmm. table? Um, mm-hmm. That will That will help help sort of presence the connection that we really are, we want to be on the same page in this. We, we, we have the same goals, even though right now there's that fear 
you know, of abandonment or rejection or scarcity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Or even also, I need a breather. I need to take a walk around the block right now and come back. But I will be back. I just need to take a break and and discharge a little bit. That's also something that is, and again, it's just sort of being nervous system savvy and having that mindfulness and knowing how it affects our communication and our behavior. Right. Yeah, that's what I was teaching was take to liberally use the time out if either if you notice that you or your partner is getting triggered mm-hmm. to just liberally take a time out it's fine you're not going to go away forever mm-hmm. just, just go you know read a book or call a friend or walk around the block like you said and then come back because we see the other person yeah. as a threat like our bodies respond the same as if it was a tiger and so you're not going to be able to like negotiate yes with your beloved when you see them as a tiger. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So So earlier you said, um, you said that it's designed for secure attachment. Can you describe a little bit more what you mean by that? Oh yeah. So, you know, secure attachment, right. That sense that, um, that we can trust ourselves and the relationship that we're in. It's like that, right, even though you seem like a tiger right now or I'm upset or I'm feeling attacked or maybe I'm behaving in a way that's attacking, that we really do love each other. And there's this idea of breach and repair. Like all relationships have breaches. We stub our toes. We're like, ow, that didn't feel good. And the important part is the repair, is that Mm -hmm. if there is a breach, you know, that knowing that we'll come back. It will mm-hmm. come back together, sort of that, that making up thing. And when that happens repeatedly, there's a sense that breaches are okay because we, we anticipate a repair is coming. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, oftentimes as a child, if we didn't get enough repairs or if the breaches outnumbered the repairs, there could be an insecure attachment, you know, the anxious or avoidant kinds of attachment or combinations of those. And so mm-hmm. the, the cuddle party is really, again, about like that – because it is such a the clear, explicit social agreement, and again, that container, there's a facilitator there, there's a set period of time, there's ways of, of, of interacting and some structured exercises around that, and then also some free-form practicum that we can practice, you know, asking for what we want and hearing a no, and then realizing, wow, it's okay. That, that wasn't a rejection. I didn't do something wrong. People are just following the instructions here. Wow, they're being genuine and authentic. And, oh, wow, my goodness, when somebody says no to me, maybe it doesn't feel good, but then if I ask again and they say yes to something, I notice I really trust their yes a lot more mm-hmm. because I know that, that they were willing to say no. So they wouldn't, they wouldn't you know, they're not saying yes to tolerate me or just because they're afraid of hurting my feelings, they actually want to be here with me. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a really good feeling. I mean, and those are, so those are just examples, right, of things that happen at a color party. Or another one like, gosh, somebody asked me for something and I said no, and I kind of cringed when I said no because I didn't want to hurt their feelings and I thought maybe they would never ask me for something again because right. I just rejected them. But then, right. But then they said, they said, thank you for taking care of yourself. Thank you for being honest with me. And then you get that feeling in your body of like, oh, 
that that's the you know that feeling of like oh that was safe and that was okay and then maybe they made a counter offer maybe they said no i don't want to do that but then they invited me to do something mm-hmm. so this, so is, how, this is how this is how attachment gets developed pardon right right i was just going to say so you so you really get to practice that breach and repair in the parties with all these little requests that you're making with each other very cool Mm-hmm. So why do you think cuddling yeah. affected you so much that you kind of made a career out of it? Because you were kind of scared at first, but something drew you to drive two hours. So, like, why do you think it was such a profound effect on you? Oh, wow. That is a great question. <laughs> and yeah, um, I guess I just kept having these ahas. And I think for me, that was along with that, what I just described, the gym and the repairs. And, but I kept having, so, so at my first cuddle party, I remember having two insights. And, um, you know, I, and, then, and then, so I'll share those, and then I'll share another insight that kind of has come over the years about those. But so one of them was that I realized that my, when I was about 14, uh, my dad stopped expressing physical affection with me. He Mm. used to sort of just hug me or we would sit together and watch TV or he would stroke my hair. And about that age, it stopped. And something inside of me was like, wow, my dad doesn't like me anymore. It Mm -hmm. was was kind of our main love language that Mm -hmm. we shared. And it was, you know, I I didn't have a context for that, but I, I, it was a way that I felt connected to my dad. And when it stopped, I, I, I remember asking, like, I just felt like my dad didn't like me anymore and, mm. and kind of had lost interest in me. And it, and it affected my sort of my, my self-esteem and my inner image, and it just it didn't feel good. And it was literally like somewhere in my first cuddle party, and this is funny because, I mean, I was in my mid-30s. I just hadn't thought about it. I had just kind of pushed that away, but there was this aha of like, oh, he just felt uncomfortable. He thought it was inappropriate because I was developing. Right. And, and I, I, no, nobody ever connected those dots for me as a, mm-hmm. as a teenager, as an, you know, mm-hmm. as an adolescent. And I hadn't connected them until my cuddle party. And it, it really shifted. It just shifted things inside me. It was like one of those, mm-hmm. um, it was a hindsight healing for me. Um, uh, another insight that I had was that, I, I realized somewhere there that most of the the sex that I had in my twenties, and I and I'm remembering sort of like the the I you know the kind of like uh, that didn't feel completely fulfilling or that felt kind of a little icky. Some of the the sexual experiences I had, and I and I realized that oh I didn't I really needed cuddling. I really wanted cuddling, and I didn't have the self-awareness or the empowerment or the boundaries, you know, at that point. And I also just kind of had swallowed this social expectation that, well, if I wanted to be physically close to someone of that gender who was sexually attracted to me, that was just kind of part of the deal or that was the expectation. And I realized that I had had sex that I didn't really want to have because I wanted cuddling. And that wasn't a validated need um, for me. So, so I guess you know those were like I'm realizing that 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 the larger culture 
really tends to conflate physical affection with sex for adults. Like Mm -hmm. once you're an adult, once you're, you know, sexually active or of an age to be sexually active, most physical contact is sexualized or hypersexualized, whether we want to be sexual or not. And slating those two just leaves a lot of people deprived and unhappy and creates a lot of, you know, unfulfilling uh, connections. And it minimizes right. that love, passion, and joy. So I guess the question is, I, I became, the answer to your question is, I became passionate about that. I was start mm-hmm. making all these ahas and realizing that this, this is amazing. You know? mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to keep practicing it. And for me, one of the best ways to keep practicing it was to, um, was to facilitate, was to invite people in, was to hold the space. And to create, and I ended up creating, I brought it to Chicago and I created community around it. Um, and, I, yeah, I just, I was growing and, and enjoying life more and more by leaps and bounds and really just wanted to share that and spread it. Mm-hmm. And um, somewhere around 2012, professional cuddling came on the scene. Somebody sent me some links and I saw that some people were doing this. Um, and I was like, wait a minute, that you can't do this without consent, without boundaries, with all, you know, like with all, all this stuff that makes it work. Otherwise, right. it's kind of creepy, you know, or it could be, it could be. And so I was, that's, that's really what led me to, um, it's kind of like if you want to see something done right, <laughs> do it yourself. Right. That's the, the whole thing in my head. And um, so I was really motivated to start Cuddlist at that mm-hmm. point. And so this just just became a passion and a calling for me. Uh, well, who came up with that following awesome name? My yes. Who came up with that <laughs> awesome name, Cuddleist? That's so great. Thank you. I'm glad you like it. It. Uh, let's see. The true story is so we had a web developer, my business partner Adam Lipin, and I uh, had a web web developer who was creating a logo, which we were working on branding and we were brainstorming ideas, and he came up with Cuddleist in terms of like. Um, Angie's list or um, something like a list. But when he said it, I was like, well, no, that doesn't really work. But then I heard cuddleist and I thought, well, you know, like, like pianist or violinist yeah. or, right, like, uh, or stylist or artist. And I was like, okay, that's it. We're going to call it cuddleist. And uh, <laughs> that's so that's kind of how it came. I didn't actually come up with it, but I came up with that. I just saw it and, and framed it that way. And, uh, and here we are. Yeah, because I don't think that was ever, people were never called, like, I'm a cuddleist. <laughs> it's just so great. Yeah, no, that was not a word. It's, it's a brand name. It's, it's funny now, it's a little bit like, you know, Xerox or Kleenex. People kind of use it as mm-hmm. a generic term for, for professional cuddling, but it really is a brand name. So we, mm-hmm. we work to protect. Same thing with Cuddle Party. Actually, Cuddle mm-hmm. Party, Inc. is a nonprofit organization um, we do live off of, of donations, and we're a training organization. And mm-hmm. so we, we offer training, and then we certify um, Cuddle Party facilitators. And Cuddle Party mm-hmm. is a very particular brand name and a format. So a lot of people will say, oh, I'm going to a Cuddle Party, and I go, is it? But is it actually a Cuddle Party? <laughs> the Cuddle Party, yeah. <laughs> right. Are, are they certified? Is it? Do, does it have our our social agreements and all of that? So. Right. Yeah. So why why would somebody yeah. want to become a cuddle party facilitator? 
Oh, well, there can be so many reasons, um, really. And I think that's part of the beauty of this is people come for their own reasons and different reasons. And, you know, but I think all of us are really wanting to have that sense of more love, passion, and joy in our lives, right? Mm -hmm. And more, to feel more comfortable in our own skin, to have more satisfying connections with other people, to be more in integrity, to have that congruency between our yes and our no. I talked about the rules. One of them, you know, if you're a yes, say yes. And if you're a no, say no. Well, how many of us say no when we're actually a yes? Mm -hmm. Maybe because we're afraid we don't deserve it or we're afraid it might lead to something else. And once we get started, we couldn't change our mind. Um, We'll feel obligated. Or how many of us say yes when we're actually a no? Because all kinds of reasons around that. So Mm -hmm. so, um, there are lots of wonderful side effects. So becoming a, a facilitator also tends to be people who really, they want to be the change they want to see in the world. I think of that. I, I've, you know, I, my bias is people who have kind of a strong passion for holding space and creating community and empowering other individuals around them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and for I, I sort of explained my reasons about it was really wanting to continue to practice and improve and to share and to cultivate a community of people that had a common language around Mm -hmm. it. remember having this dream, you know, like, wouldn't it be wonderful if we all had this common language one day that people would say, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm a maybe, so I'm going to say no right now and I'll let Mm -hmm. you know if I change my Mm -hmm. mind. Right. right. Like these are, you know, the, the, this is, this is how we roll at Cuddle Party. And I, uh, so I just wanted to have people I could share that with. Right, and the other thing that you said uh, when somebody says no to you, to respond with, thanks for taking care of yourself. I love that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right, that acknowledgement and appreciation. It's not, that I, I, it's not that I want your agreement or for you to, to give me what I want. I want to know you. I want to know mm-hmm. what you're actually really thinking and feeling right now. Mm-hmm. What a beautiful, yeah, message to share. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So if you're just joining us, you're listening to Leading Edge Love Radio, and this is your host, Suma T. Sparks, the open relationship coach at sumatsparks.com. And we're speaking to Madeline Guinazzo, who is on the board of Yay. directors for Cuddle Party, Inc., and the co-founder of Cuddleist.com. And if you have any questions for Madeline, you can call into the uh, number, which is 657-383-1132. It'll put you on hold, and we'll get to you when we have a, an opening, so don't worry about interrupting us. <laughs> Again, the call-in number is 657-383-1132. And we were just talking about becoming a cuddle party facilitator, so what would that entail for somebody if they wanted to be a facilitator? Yeah, well, I'll answer that in a sec, but I also thought of another reason that people might want to become facilitators, which you brought up earlier, which is touch, right? We're all, you know, a little more touch-deprived, but, and I think, you know, some of us were were aware of it prior to COVID, but COVID has certainly highlighted um, the, the, the need for touch and the, the effects of the absence of touch Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. um, just, you know, healthy social connection. And so that's, that's another thing is just to build that community of people who are um, platonic touch friendly and comfortable with it and have the communication skills to do it, to do it well. 
Yeah, because wouldn't it be great so if you had a list? For, of, wouldn't it be great if you had a list of phone numbers where you're like, you know, I don't have any plans this weekend. I just want to cuddle and watch a movie, and you could just call somebody, and they they agree, they know that it's not a booty call. It's just cuddling. <laughs> so that that's yeah. Awesome thing. But before before we go on, Madeline, we have a caller. Are you ready to take their question? Um. Sure, I do. I, I can talk about how becoming certified later. Yes, let's see who's yeah, here. Yeah, we'll talk about that next. Okay, let's see what the caller has to say. Hello, caller, go ahead. Hello, yeah. Yeah, this is, uh, my name is Garth. I've um, got a comment and a question. I remember earlier you were talking, Sumati, about uh, getting out of fight, fight, flight, or freeze. And for me, the key is safety in a social setting, and safety is both protection from threat and satisfaction of my needs, which are my experience, both present in Cuddle Party. And mm. I had a, a qu- mm. I have a question that is um, a little bit silly. I hope you'll bear with me. But <laughs> uh, do you think that if it. we could... Oh, good. <laughs> do you think that if we could convince all humans to participate in a massive Cuddle Party, that problems like we are currently seeing between Russia and the Ukraine could survive? Oh, I love it. Oh, oh, Garth. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, I don't know if that's silly. I did used to have sort of fantasies about Congress coming together and maybe having a little bit of a cuddle party before, you know, session or after. And and Timothy and I were just talking about right, like people who are arguing or tension or conflict in a relationship, how powerful touch can be to to calm and soothe our nervous system. So, yes. Um, I I like your vision. <laughs> I really do. I really do. And and finding you know a kinder and more empowered and, and respectful ways of approaching conflict, of just of staying present in conflict, as opposed to right attacking or freezing or fleeing um, or appeasing. Um, there are quite a variety of things that that the nervous system does, and to have compassion that we don't have a lot of choice when we're locked into some of those, but we can retrain, right? We can practice these things and, um, and, and have more options and to be, and we become more at choice about how we're, we're showing up in these situations. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, thank you so much for calling Garth. I hope, uh, I hope we can get, uh, President Putin right in the middle of a cuddle pile someday. <laughs> well, thanks for this show. I'm really enjoying it. Okay. Yeah, and I'm glad so to hear that, that you've been to cuddle parties. Yeah. That's well, great. I, I actually made one, but I'm having a horrible time getting established in the town where I live. Mm, where's mm-hmm. that? Very, mm-hmm. very, con- very con- it's a very conservative town. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, it's, I could see that. Really, well, and you know, we do have them. We do have, um, we call them virtual cuddle parties. So since the pandemic, mm-hmm. we started doing online events. So if people go to cuddleparty.com, they might be able to find one no matter where you are. You can find an event to go to online. So you just have to buy a, a little teddy different. bear or something? <laughs> It's, yeah, it's a little different, but I think as I, as I mentioned earlier, Timothy, right, there's eye contact and the breathing together and being together, oh, right, and it's right. been amazing what we've discovered, right, that mm-hmm. our nervous systems really can be calmed um, through the mirror neurons of looking at other people, and we can practice the boundaries and consent and still get that same kind of oxytocin effect. 
even mm-hmm. even through Zoom. Yeah, it's true. I've done some tantra workshops online, and it's pretty amazing how with the eye contact you can really go deep with someone. Yeah, yeah, and I think that the I'm going to call I'm going to use the word vulnerability, um, and by that I mean you know the 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 willingness to be authentic, even, you know, in the face of possible rejection, which is so bravery to me and vulnerability are synonyms. Um, but that willingness is bonding in and of itself. When somebody mm-hmm. shows up that way and somebody meets them there, that is a very bonding experience. Right, all right. Well, thank you so much for calling, Garth. Have a great evening. Oh, you're welcome, and thank, thanks for hosting the show. Yeah. Like I said, I'm enjoying it immensely. Oh, good. Thanks for saying that. You're welcome. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. So back to your other question that I posed to you, um, the certification process for a cuddle party facilitator. Yeah. So um, you would go to cuddleparty.com and click on trainings and fill out an application there. Um, The trainings happen online. And they are really go at your own pace. So we start with foundations of facilitation, which are really the basics of facilitating in general. And we do focus on what we call experiential workshops. Um, There's a variety of styles of workshops, and some of them are very destination workshop where um, they're a little more structured and goal-oriented. and then there's experiential workshops, like sort of the tantra stuff that you were talking about, where we're there to really be present and have an experience and discover and have our own ahas and notice what we're feeling and, and gain new insights. And so Cuddle Party is one of those. And the Foundations of Facilitation um, really talks a lot about what facilitators' um, role is in that and, and how to be skillful about it. And then we have um, the... Cuddle Party Facilitator Certification Program, which is very specifically focused on cuddle parties. And again, it's it's go at your own pace, the material's online, and then twice a week we have live Zoom calls. I facilitate mm-hmm. one, and then our uh, other trainer, Adam Pullman, facilitates another. And so people come in, and, and we, we kind of go through the process. And um, all of the trainees will produce what we call three review events. So as facilitators in training, they facilitate events, and then they have surveys from their participants, um, and we evaluate them, and they evaluate themselves, and it's an iterative process. Beautiful. That sounds so lovely. Um, and so you, you said mm-hmm. foundations of facilitation. So that just means that you're learning how to be a good facilitator regardless of what the topic is? Correct. Correct. It's just the general skill of facilitating workshops, mainly experiential workshops. I see. Right, where stuff is going to come up for people, right? People are going to get activated, and people are because that's the intention. And so how do we hold, again, that perceived safety around that? We call it a safe place to be uncomfortable, right? That's Mm -hmm. kind of our goal as a facilitator, to encourage people, because that, that discomfort is what stretches, again, stretches the comfort zone. It stretches people and it creates that breach and repair, breach and repair, which is the thing to strengthen and increase resiliency in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm wondering, well, you know, it's supposed to be non sexual, but you know, bodies are touching and we're sexual beings and sometimes we get aroused and so have mm. you had 
boundary mm-hmm. violations in that way? And if so, how do you deal with it? Yeah, I love that question. So it's, it's actually in the welcome circle. One of the rules we talk about, you know, one, one of our rules, I, I mentioned the first, uh, the basics, but one of them is tears and laughter are both welcome, right? So part of that is in that authenticity, right? Are you there? I'm here. Okay, sorry. My audio did something funny for me. Um, that that right feelings come up as we're being vulnerable and authentic, and one of those is arousal, right? People might get aroused, and we're kind of like, great, your body's working. That's what it's supposed to do. Um, that's natural, and that happens. And the agreement is like, right, it's, it's okay to get aroused, and it's okay to like people. It's okay to be attracted to people, and we're not going to act on it. And that in itself, to me, is is very empowering. It's mm. like, oh yeah, we do. We have a choice. <laughs> you know, we don't mm-hmm. have, um, we have a choice, and we can choose whether to act on it or not. And it doesn't mean anything negative or scary about us or the other person or anything. It's a very mm-hmm. healthy, natural, physical, biological response. Mm-hmm. And um, and the agreement is that we're not going to act on it. And then, you know, we talk, that's the facilitator. If you have questions or concerns about that, please come talk to me. And we're there to really be there with people as they're whatever comes up around. Oh, I have a story around that. I love this story. I um, was facilitating a cuddle party and there was, you know, people were sort of in that free practicum part where, you know, people were kind of, there was a group of people spooning together and one of the participants kind of got up at one point and seemed a little anxious and they were kind of called me to the side and I said, you know, like, what's going on? How, how are you doing? They said, I, I think I need to leave. And I was like, okay, that's, that, yeah, that's great. And what, you know, do you want to tell me anything more about what you're feeling? And they were just like, I just, I don't know, part of me thinks I just can't take care of myself. Like, and, uh, and I said, okay. And I just said it back to her. This was a female participant. I said, so there's, part of you thinks that you can't take care of yourself. Um, I said, is that true? And she just stopped and she kind of like looked inside. She just sort of thought for a moment and she was like, no, it's not true. (laughs) She just had that moment of like, like she just kind of checked in with herself and she talked about it. She's like, you know, my grandmother always used to say that to me. You know, like just that the sort of this, what had come up in her were these old social tapes about, mm-hmm. ah, I'm doing this with somebody and I'm feeling really good in my body and, oh, maybe something bad will happen, right? Like just these kind of things came up and she, she felt anxious in her body and so this, there was just this thing, oh, something must be wrong because I'm feeling anxious in my body, right? And, it, mm-hmm. and once, once there was just, let's, let's reality check that a little bit, you know, that's a story, and so how are you feeling right now? Like the kind of grown up part of her. And when she said it, she just kind of went right back in and started cuddling again. <laughs> she was oh, so, yeah, it was just, it was for me just being witness to that empowering moment of where she broke some, an old tape, an old programming, um, kind of with her adult self and bringing more awareness to it. Um, so I, I, 
yeah, I think that all came from the question of what happens. <laughs> yeah, well, I was just thinking about what you said around. earlier. Yeah, I was just thinking about what you said earlier about um, your dad not touching you when you started developing. And just in general, like dads have a really tough job because they have to um, make their daughter feel, well, I, the ideal dad would look, would know how to walk mm. that fine line between being creepy and being um, appreciative of his daughter's budding beauty. You know, like I think a young right. woman wants to be seen as beautiful without him creeping on her, you know? So that's a really, really tough job for a father, especially in our culture that doesn't have this language. And that's another reason why cuddle party is so important because it teaches us to talk about, the ranges of physical intimacy that are available, right? Like, like you said earlier, most people think if there's touch, it must, it must be leading to sex, and that's the only thing available to us. But we learn that there's this wide range of physical intimacy available if we just know how to talk about it, right? Right. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm thinking, I love what you said, these poor dads. Like, there's no training class for that. Right. Where do I sign up for the, you know, the the dad's class on how to help my teenage daughter feel good about herself, you know, right. and, and her body. Right. And, yeah. Oh, I, I, I hope that's coming. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think yeah. my father went the other direction, and he, he, he had a creepy vibe toward my sister, my older sister. She was kind of a... A, yeah, like she developed on the earlier end of the spectrum and he would just make these comments about her that would both horrify me I like I felt so much empathy mm-hmm. for her how horrifying it must have been and at the same time I felt jealous or envious that he wasn't saying that about me mm-hmm. so it's really confusing mm-hmm. <laughs> super confusing mm-hmm. so yeah I think we all have to kind of deal with mm-hmm. that as we grow up like wow you know it wasn't really about us it was about his difficulty navigating this world where nobody's talking about anything at least not talking about it in a healthy way (laughs) right and afraid to talk about it at all afraid to Mm -hmm. just put our foot in it and get it wrong and 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 with good reason it's an understandable fear thank you for sharing that it's uh it's a confusing time i think all the way around and the more we develop that resiliency right and that ability to be vulnerable to be brave and to you know kind of uh i call it it's sort of like that feeling of that that cold shower sort of like (gasps) jumping in the like ah it's 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 hard at first but then it it gets better right Mm -hmm. once we can we can practice it and normalize it and create some context and then that's what I love about cuddle parties I feel like we we do this in cuddle parties together and then everybody goes off into the world and carries a little bit of that vibe with them and models Mm -hmm. it and makes it a little safer for the other people in their life to meet them there Mm -hmm. right right in your bio you talked about um cuddlist.com um and that you have a training um so it Mm. says Training for the only cuddle therapy program based on personal empowerment for both practitioners and clients. But that's a mouthful. So do you consider it a therapy (laughs) program that the clients are in like a cuddle? The clients are doing cuddle therapy. And then what do you mean by personal empowerment for both practitioners and clients? Right, right. So the Cuddlist training, and there's a couple of different levels. Like we, if you go to Cuddlist.com and click on Become a Cuddlist, 
you'll see there's a there's a you know basic training program to enroll in. Um, it's it's 149, and that is also go at your own pace. And as you go in there, you're going to find all these lessons and modules. And we really the the main one of the, the primary skills is identifying your boundaries. What mm-hmm. am I okay with? What am I not okay with? What am I okay with sometimes, but not okay other times? Mm-hmm. What are the you know? And just not knowing that there you know there's a code of conduct. There are places we're definitely not going right. But mm-hmm. the main skill is for practitioners to be able to identify that for themselves mm-hmm. and build the, the self-awareness and the ability to notice it on the fly, to notice it in the moment, mm-hmm. right? So we also have, so this is part of the Cuddlist protocol, our, our particular branding is that we have what we call an opening agreement which happens at the beginning of every session between practitioner and client. And basically they verbally commit to each other that I'm going to pay attention to my boundaries throughout the session. And if I start to feel uncomfortable, I'll take respons- I'll notice it and I'll take responsibility for, for valuing it and communicating it if I need to, to shift away from it, to make sure that everything we're doing I'm wholeheartedly happy to be doing. And, and the practitioner asks, needs that agreement from the client to do the same to the best of their ability, right? And then also to, for the client to ask for what they want. And so that's the agreement is that the, 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 the client asks for what they want and the practitioner will only say yes to the things that they're genuinely comfortable with. Mm-hmm. So... That's what I mean by empowerment, right? Just right there, both of them are, it's like that gym, right? In a safe, it's a one-on-one container as opposed to a workshop container, but it's very similar. I designed Cuddlist based on Cuddle Party, Inc., my experience with it because it's so, that's, that's what I talked about in the beginning. This is the design your life skills. This is how we each create a container for ourselves that is going to hold the yumminess that gets us because we're all different. We're all Mm -hmm. unique. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, and just keep out the stuff that we don't want so that it doesn't drain and sap our enjoyment of life. Mm-hmm. And do you vet the clients for your certified cuddlers? So, no, and that is another skill, right? So they're, they're identifying their boundaries, they're, they're working this with clients, and then the screening process, right? That's the thing. So how do I know I'm going to be comfortable with this client? How do I know that, right, I feel comfortable going forward with the session? How can I learn that? And it, that's the process that each practitioner is learning and identifying for themselves. Uh-huh. So... I need to know, right, one, that I feel relatively confident that I can provide what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. And I need to know, can they verbalize or at least communicate and express enough to, 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 to tell me what it is that they're looking for or what drew mm-hmm. them for a session? Mm-hmm. Um, I commonly ask my clients, is, is a platonic experience something that you're, that you're wanting from from this encounter or is it something that you're settling for? Mm-hmm. That's a very revealing question for me because it just sort of lets me know, you know, are, 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 there, are, are there sexual desires there that are going to kind of come in that, that we're both going to struggle with and that are going to mm-hmm. create a sense of dissatisfaction? That's yeah. a good screening tool for me. 
Because I'll say to a client often, if you're settling for something, don't. This is your self-care. Don't pay to get something that is kind of like disappointing to you. Um, right. Go find what you want, and it's not going to be me. Mm-hmm. Right. So that, that that process of vetting is part of the empowerment that that I talked about. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, for clients and, and for, 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 for practitioners, really and and that's what we're engaged in sharing and uh, and developing with our clients in a relational dynamic. Mhm. Beautiful. So now that you're on the other end of this where you're on the board of directors for Cuddle Party Inc, you've created this amazing business cuddlist.com. Like your life just seems completely different than when you started. Would you like can you Explain how your how your relationships have been affected by this. Oh, it's another good question. <laughs> well, first of all, it's it's amazing when I developed Cuddlist. You know, I, I I hadn't anticipated this, but it was like the metaphor I use is like if you you know like a like a radio tower that puts out a frequency. Um, like Cuddlist was this frequency that I put out that drew all these amazing people into my life that really matched my frequency. Mm-hmm. So, like, I have an internal advisory board for Cuddlist, which I call the core Cuddlists there, and they're just tissioners that blow me away. Um, I have so much respect and admiration for them, and they're like an internal sounding board for me and for Cuddlist to steer the organization, and they are my dearest friends at this point, you know, they really are kind of chosen family, so that in and of itself, you know, we're very, we bonded, we meet weekly for, it's been, you know, five years now, um, and members come and go, there's some fluctuation, but that is a, um, such an incredible part of my life, mm-hmm. um, and then I just, all the skills that I have been practicing as a facilitator of workshops and uh, with clients, and um, I work with medical students as well, coaching them on communication with patients and doing that work and instructing. There's, um, yeah, I just find that the quality of my personal relationships is really deep and authentic mm-hmm. and and rewarding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I. I guess I just know when I'm uncomfortable to be clear and open about it. And the people that don't fit me just sort of drift away. And the people that do, I kind of show up in a different way. And, um, and I, and I find too with work, like I really just, I do the things that I enjoy doing that I'm passionate about. Speaking of which, it's just such a delight to talk to you about this cuddle, cuddle list and cuddle party is so near and dear to my heart that I just love having this conversation with you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't right. work at all. Well, that's a good segue to we're almost out of time, and I want to give you a couple minutes to share anything else that you haven't shared with about how people can reach you or any invitations or offers or anything else you want to say to our audience. Yeah. Let's see. Um well, you know, please check out the website, cuddleparty.com. Just if you're curious at all and know that it's out there, share the link and see what it is. It's, uh, and I, I guess I want to reiterate my comment that it's, we, we have in our head that it's one thing, but I encourage you to go and sort of check that theory out and see what it actually is for you. You might be surprised. Mm. Um, 
What else? Um, Cuddlelist is doing a live training in May in Chicago. And Ooh. so if you go to Cuddlelist.com, that's a new thing, and we're very excited because it's our first kind of live thing, you know, since the pandemic. Live and, in the um, or live online? Shoot. <laughs> It, so in person, in person, live in person. So wow, we're going to have great. protocols, you know, uh, to for to keep us, you know, that that sense of safety, and um, yeah, three and a half days, and it's going to start with a cuddle party. We're going to mm. start with a cuddle party, and then spend three days diving deep into consent and boundaries and all the things we're talking about with the nervous system and and doing therapeutic cuddling. Um, so if you're interested, Keely Shoup, who's the Cuddlist Director of Development and one of the core Cuddlist practitioners and a certified Cuddle Party facilitator as well, mm-hmm. uh, she and I will be co-facilitating that in Chicago in the second weekend in May. Wow. So, uh, yeah, you can go to Cuddlist.com to find out more about that. Do you want to come? Really it sounds really fun, but I've already <laughs> planned to go to a retreat in California in May. <laughs> well, good for you. That's wonderful. Yeah. See, it's what I said about saying no to better and better things. It's like, exactly. you know, it's a wonderful playground. <laughs> well, gosh, thank yeah. you so much, Madeline, for being on the show and sharing your wisdom with us. It's been a really fun conversation. Who would have thought that I'd grow up to be talking about cuddling, you know? It's <laughs> so interesting. <laughs> That's great. Yep, I both that I get to work in my pajamas. It's pretty great. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Okay, Thank well, you, best Sumati. of luck with your endeavors. Such a pleasure. And, um, yeah, I'll be seeing you around. Okay. Thank you. Thank okay. You. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.